Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirking Wassenaar, and welcome to week one of our NALCS Summer Split Guess the Lines podcast. That's right. We have actual games to talk about. We have actual North American teams butting head-to-head. -head. No more how are these teams going to end up looking against each other, even though, to be fair, like 50% of these teams are the exact same team they were last split, so we do kind of know how they fit up against each other. But you know what? It's a new meta, except for all of the changes that we expected that didn't actually happen. And it's a new day. So we're going to go all in, and we're going to have that excitement. We're going to carry it through. And I can't think of anyone I'd rather share this excitement with than my good friend and co-host, Walter Cedis Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, buddy? I'm still waiting for Nocturne to return to the meta. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm still. I'm going to die on this hill. Nocturne is going to come back as, like, a consistent, stable champion. Not like, oh, on one occasion, somebody randomly pulls him out. And it's like Meteos, who does a full AD build and almost backdoors and ends the game, like happened in season four. So, I'm not sure uh, which of your two corners is is kind of sadder to watch continue, either that one or Prototype Black. Those are your two, I think. Prototype, Prototype Black just won a national championship with sure. his college team. Like that's sure. definitely not as sad as the. Nocturne flag that I'm waving because it's a garbage champion, but I miss it. I mean, that's totally fair. Dog but you know what? I, I've missed talking about games, so let's just jump right into it. And we open with a game that is, I, I guess, a rivalry match? Do we call this a rivalry? They're kind of both rivals with TSM, but does that make them rivals by transitive property? Have, have Cloud9 and CLG ever had, like, no. No. No? No, because when CLG was good, Cloud9 was bad. And when Cloud9 was good, CLG was bad. So, like, there's never been a, like, oh, yeah, Cloud9 versus CLG. This is, this is a slobber knocker. It's been, like, yeah, one of these teams is top two and one of these teams is, like, four or five. So, no, yeah. this isn't a rivalry. There's, there's two true rivalries in North America. And it's Cloud9 versus TSM and it's CLG versus TSM. And that's it. That's all there is. I mean, that's totally that's fair. <laughs> But That's it. At, at the same time, I, I think that Counterlogic Gaming has a lot that they're going to want to prove this split. Last split, I, I think that, you know, despite running back this roster that had won them the 2016 spring split, we've seen them take steps back every split since then. Cloud9 wants to prove that they are that second best team, that their loss to TSM is is not something that is going to set them back mentally that they're going to be able to compete at the same level that we saw for the vast majority of the split. Walter, what's the, the big X factor that you'll be looking at for this series? What has to happen if if we're going to be surprised uh, by the results? Y'all are going to get really sick this season of me saying this player's name. Dardock. Mm. And if you haven't gotten sick of me saying his name all last season, I'm really going to make you hate me saying his name. It's Dardock. Dardock is the sole change on either of these teams. And when it first happened, I was really down. I was like, oh, this makes no sense. This makes absolutely no sense. And then the more and more that I think about it, I'm just like, CLG's weakness was the early game. And Dardock, unlike Spenskaren, does have some weird invades, but he's so mechanically good 
and he is so intelligent, and he does just not care, he'll just immediately turn. Like, there's no second-guessing himself, like Svenskaren kind of does. He's like, ah, oh, uh, maybe I go in. Oh, no, I gotta run out. Like, Svenskaren, you know, Dardock's like, nope, I'm going in, I'm gonna turn around, I'm gonna kill your jungler, take his camp anyways. Like, he is the bully of, of North American junglers. So that, I think, gives CLG this kind of edge to the... Like, CLG's been the best friends club. It's been all five players have been together for four splits now. We're all super happy, fun time. Like, we already got rid of Dart, uh, Double Lift and Poe Belter. Like, the old guard is gone. This is a new CLG. We're all friends. It's all about team play. And now they just brought in, you know, in Mighty Ducks, like, the kid wearing the biker jacket. And, like, I called him with Flame the Bash Brothers last year. But, like, he's the solitary Bash Brother this year. And I can just imagine him showing up to the CLG house on, like, a Harley, you know, wild thing playing in the background. And just, I, I'm really excited to actually see how this goes. Because if it doesn't go well on day one, then past Walter, day one trade Walter goes, oh, yeah, that was obviously a stupid decision. And you're totally justified to not feel great about this. And Dardock, come flip play for TSM. Please, oh, God, please, we'll use you. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's Dardock. Dardock's the one change. If he doesn't work, CLG probably isn't very successful. Yeah, and the question of will he work has to be one of the most fascinating questions heading into this split. You know, we know CLG has a very, you know, intelligent coaching staff. Zix is well regarded for his ability to come up with strategies that make the most out of the talent that he has around him. I really don't know what he's going to do with a talent like Dardock. We've never seen a guy like that at Six's disposal. I, I don't know. Double lift? I mean, <laughs> double yeah, but, double, but double lift, you know, you'd have to play out the early game through laning, right? It's not like double lift was roaming around the map trying to cut off enemy team resources. The jungle is just, it, it's such a different pace to the game when you have an aggressive jungler, when you're able to be dictating a lot of these moves because you're the one making initiations. And that's something I, I thought that CLG was certainly missing, or when those engages did happen, they were often because Darshan went in, and that was questionable to say the least. I can think of at least one engage that Darshan made that I would consider incredibly oh, questionable. you're still hung up on this point. I will be God, hung up on damn. this. But look, I, as an Immortals fan, I watched Dardock last week. When he looks good, he looks amazing. When he doesn't look good, he is the most frustrating player to watch in the LCS. I, I cannot stress just Time out. how... Inori. I Look, Inori, but Inori I understand because at least he's young, right? At least we expect a guy who's still not had the same amount of LCS experience that Dardock has. One split difference. I, uh, I, One split difference. Maybe that's fair. Maybe I need to be harsher on Inori. That's something I should look to this split. I'm willing to say that I'm wrong about him, but I can tell you, at the very least, I'm not a Phoenix One fan. I don't have that personal <laughs> attachment <laughs> when Inori true. goes off. When true. Dardock was losing, I just... I watched the whole thing. I'm like, what is what is even the point of being a fan of this team? Because everything comes down to this coin flip of whether Dardock decided to int in the early game or not. And I'm not sure that's going to go well with CLG fans. I certainly don't know how it's going to go well with the coalition of four friends around him. So I can't wait. I am I am utterly fascinated with how CLG is going to use this tool. The question, Walter, ultimately, is that enough to take down cloud nine and where do you think this line ultimately ends up uh, cloud nine minus 175 how dare you i don't have an answer to the first question because i i have feelings about clg i have okay. something suspicious about clg so but how dare I? So that must mean I got the point here. Yeah, of course you got the point here. You got it almost exactly. I said Cloud9 minus 250. I thought we were going to base it off of how dominant Cloud9 was against any team not named TSM last split. But apparently it's Cloud9 minus 172. So almost exact from you. That puts CLG at plus 130. I don't think there's enough underdog value on CLG there. And I absolutely would not bet Cloud9 to get a 2-0. Dardoch's just... The, the possibility of Dardock popping off in one of those games is too high. It's too damn high. But... That's fair. I mean, I'm going to gamble on that game. 
You're gambling on that? Okay, well, maybe we'll come back to this. Uh, Immortals versus Phoenix 1. Uh, a team that I desperately want to be good versus a team that probably actually is good. Talk, talk me off the Immortals ledge, Walter. Tell me why no. I... No, I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> because as as like as I think about CLG and I'm getting like hyped up about CLG, I'm like, okay, yeah, like maybe this will work. The opposite is happening with Immortals being like Poe Belter was bad. Poe Belter might have been the second worst player in the LCS behind Keith. Like, he was pretty bad. I mean Piglet and Golden Glue existed too, but like Poe Belter was pretty bad. Cody Son, yeah, he made this run towards the end of the split. Him and Ale, like, we're, we're doing pretty well towards the end of the split. But again, it's still, like, a young 80 carry. Still had a lot of kind of laning issues. It was really the team fights where he really excelled kind of later in the season. Um, Ale is still, I, I called Hakuo on the Envious episode, like, the rich man's Kiwi kid. Ale is kind of in that same stratosphere of, like, the rich man's Kiwi kid. He makes, you know, far fewer bad decisions but he still makes those, you know, one or two really bad engages that can lose his team a fight. Flame, Flame's okay. He's, he's you know, he's good. He's solid. He's right in the middle. And, and then Xmithy, it's the same thing as, as Poe Belcher. When I actually went back and I actually watched film and I actually looked at the stats and I actually did my job as an actual analyst instead of a talking head, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, Xmithy was bad. I don't know how much of this I could just write off of his solo laners not helping him. Um, he was pretty bad. So if you're Immortals, you're banking on the continued growth of someone who we were arguing was worse than Keith up until week five. His growth, you're hoping that Poe Belter and Smithy both turn around their last seasons and become something competent and credible. And Flame, like, is good, but is he someone that you're going to put on Fiora and just say, okay, go win me this game, you know, 1v9? Like, no. No. So... I am looking at the numbers right now. The answer yeah. to that is no. Just, uh, if you I had to take a guess, Walter, think about everything you know about Flame. Yes. What do you think was his best champion last split? He played a lot of Maokai. He did play a lot of Maokai. It's like and he didn't Mal play very well with it. He had uh, 11 games and only had a 2.5 KDA. Uh, his CS numbers were great because the games lasted long, but... Uh, his earned gold per minute kill participation were okay. It, it's like Nautilus. It's like it's one Nautilus. of those tanks. It's Nautilus. Yeah. He played 12 Nautilus games. D Lord Flame does not play Nautilus. Lord Flame bullies his opponents and makes them bow down while he reaches this 100 CS lead threshold. Right, but Nautilus was the bully tank. That That's the thing. Like He was playing sure. his style, but he was playing the only champion that allowed him to do that. He's not going to play Akali. He's not going to play well, Brewers or Nidalee. Like, I mean, you would think that Rumble would work out in terms of pushing lane. That didn't work out for him. 2.08 KDA. Uh, Jace should be able to win his lane quite a bit because, because of the, the range that he has compared to other top laners. 1.83. Fiora was not good. His Camille was not good. Like, I mean, Camille was broken for a considerable period see, of time, and the, his Camille was not good. So See, the problem with all of those champions, though, with Flame was that his mid lane and his bot lane were awful. Were awful in laning. So, so yeah. the opposing jungler just said, oh, Flame is on Jace? I'm gonna camp the Jace? Yeah. Like, okay. okay. Like, but as it, you just it put a big old target on him. None of that's changed, though. No, so, I agree. That's why I don't feel good about this team, and I refuse to talk you off the ledge. You need to climb down yourself. Look, man. Just don't ruin any other teams. You need to stop picking teams to root for. And all, as your friend, this is an <laughs> intervention. Please stop murdering LCS teams. The sad part is I don't have a counter-argument. I really, I, I, I'm struggling to come up with a reason why I should root for anybody uh, if I really wanted them to succeed. Uh, that's an existential crisis for another day. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Um... I have Phoenix one at minus one fifty five, and I probably went too low. You went too low. Yeah. I had Phoenix one minus one eighty. I went too low. The actual line. Phoenix one minus three fifty seven. No respect. No respect at all. And also, totally no respect earned. So that's that's fair to me. What, what's the Immortals underdog line? Plus two fifty. And what's the Phoenix 1 2 0? 
the Phoenix 120, for those of you who are curious about that line, would be, uh, oh God, they, ah, okay, <laughs> there it is. Uh, the 20 is even odds. Even odds? Even odds that Phoenix so, 1 gets So plus 100 or? Yeah, plus 100, okay. yeah. Even odds. I'm, the, the sad part is I'm not sure I could rule that out. I mean, we gotta we gotta see where the other odds are, but like that's that's definitely that's a very likely play, like that's a very probably solid play in all honesty. Yeah, well, let's see. I I think we can find value elsewhere. A oh, absolutely. I believe that we have some, and let's let's go for a place that might uh probably won't have value. In all yeah, reality. no. Uh, CLG versus Team Liquid. You you said you had feelings about CLG. Do you want to share those now, or is this the time to talk about? Team Liquid. Do I have to talk about Team Liquid? Can I just talk about CLG instead? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Talk about so, CLG. I'm not going to stop you. So CLG is like, Hui was a pretty good mid laner last split. He was probably like fourth or fifth best mid laner in North America. That's kind of been his, his like zone is he's like, I'm going to settle in here. He hasn't really had a jungler that's super aggressive that really does pull him out of the lane into the enemy jungle to try and catch out enemy junglers, to try and get these invades off. That He doesn't really have a guy that consistently is going to camp his lane or anything like that. Like, if Smithy was really more about objective control, was about uh, warding, was about vision control, was about that, he mainly went into the top lane and he went into the bottom lane. He paired up with Aphromo a lot. Like, anytime he went mid, it was usually, like, the pincer gank of... You know, Xmithy and Darshan coming from the top and Afro from the bottom, or Xmithy and Afro from the bottom and Darshan from the top. Like, Hui and Dardoch as a 2v2, that's kind of scary to me, especially if Hui can get on some of these other champions, if he can, you know, kind of push open his champion pool, if we can see him on some of more of these roamers. Like, we've seen Cassidy be played in the LCK. Cassidy's a champion we have not seen in a very long time, and is very much so a who he staple pick. I know one of our UOL fan listeners brought that up about Exile, and that's a very Exile kind of Unicorn of Loves type pick. That's also a very who he style pick. He always has the Aurelian Soul that's da you know dangerous. He has the Echo. His LeBlanc is okay. It's not amazing. I really want to see if he's learned Talia, because Talia also feels like one of those champions that's really in his wheelhouse. I don't know. I just... It felt like Darshan and Huhi and Stixay and Aphromoo, like, that entire team kind of had a down split. And I know what I said about, you know, Immortals, oh, but, you know, you're relying on these guys to come back. But the downs for the CLG team weren't as low as Immortals. They don't have to come as far back. And I think just the meta was Stixay's problem. I think as it starts to shift back towards more Caitlyn and hard carries, I think we'll see Stixay start to flourish. And once you have that bot lane threat back on the map that then opens things up for Hui. It then opens things up for Darshan. So there's nothing like I'm seeing in statistics. I don't have a magic crystal ball or something. It's just like, it's this kind of like feeling that's bubbling in my gut of like, man, if Dardock works, this could be a really, really good team. And I know I made fun of all of that in the European episode of, oh, we're going to take so many hot takes from just week one. But I really think with CLG, week one can be pretty telling about their hierarchy, especially among these sort of mid-table teams. Um, so yeah, that's, I just, I, I don't know, it's just a gut feeling. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I think we're certainly gonna learn a lot more about CLG from their series against Cloud9 than we do mm -hmm. here. I think this is a series where I wanna see if Liquid has any fight left to try to prove people wrong, that this team running it back <laughs> is the right way to go. And I understand you're <laughs> all of these players signed a contract because at some point they believed that this team could no! accomplish something. No! I'm Rainover not saying they're right. signed a contract because there were nine zeros at the end of it. That's why he signed a contract. Nine zeros? That's incredible. I didn't realize they went that esports had that much Skrilla in it, man. But yeah, look, I at no. some point, no. at some point, no. No. Either they have no. fight in them or they don't. No. And if they roll over in week one, this is going to be a horrible split for Team Liquid fans. 
I, they I think rolled if over in the offseason. What are you talking about? Sure. Yes. But there's a difference between oh. this is something we think we see in tanking all the time in the NBA. Right. There is a difference between players giving up and management giving up. When an NBA team no longer wants to win games, it's not because the players stop trying. It's because the coaches stop playing the players that are going to get them victories. They put them their team in a position where they will lose. There is a good argument in my mind that Steve knowingly has put the team in a position where he knows they're going to lose, but it's going to save them the money that they need to make their big run in 2018, and they'll make sure that they still have that spot. Like that That's my explanation for that offseason. Timeout because we all know that Team Liquid is one of has one of the highest paid rosters in the entire NALCS, and I think even in the LCS in general. So your argument holds no water. They're not saving money. I, I this is I the mean, Titanic. All Team it's... Liquid fans, jump <laughs> off, please, God, jump off, save yourselves. I know you have this like affinity to curse and like them at the beginning. But remember what I was talking about, you know, rivalries at the beginning, and it's TSM and CLG and TSM and Cloud9? Liquid are the only other organization that exists from back then. Dignitas doesn't count. Dignitas doesn't actually count because they got kicked out and they came back as Apex, and then they merged together with the Dignitas organization in the 76ers. Like, this isn't the Dignitas of old. And to be fair, Dignitas was your rival, Liquid. You guys aren't rivals anymore. There isn't that historical connection anymore. This is like when the... Dignitas is like when the Browns went from Cleveland to Baltimore. Like, yeah. it's just... You have nothing. There's nothing that's tying this team to the LCS anymore other than their name and Steve. And Steve... Steve should just drop this. He should be done with League of Legends. He should go work for the, the Rockets or something as their esports manager and, and go from there. Go get yourself a nice, cushy office job. Stop with all the player management, you know, decisions and all that. Like, go make money for someone. Just go do that. Go work for Blizzard on Overwatch League and just make them a butt ton of money with sponsorship deals. He'd like, be really good that. at it. You're really good at that. It's just, it's, it's... It's to the point where it's so past sad and depressing that it's just like, it's no emotion. It's just yeah. nothing. It's just, it's just, ugh. I, I gotta be honest. I forgot that they paid their players as much as they did yes. heading into the spring split. Because you look at that roster, you're like, how could this be one of the highest paid rosters? Who would pay this much money for this roster? All right, Steve. Steve Aronson would. Uh, where do you think? Where do you put the line, Walter? Ah. Well, after we've just murdered Team Liquid fans and just poor, poor guys, they don't what? deserve this for the this record. Is I, not I just want to be on an the indictment on Team Liquid fans. Team yeah. Liquid fans are actually pretty cool, and they've dealt with a lot of stuff in their their tenure. Shout out to you guys. It's you, it, you've gone through a lot. You are some some masochists over there. That's <laughs> all I can say. Is you, I. I have CLG at minus 250 because I need to stop talking about Liquid before I give myself an aneurysm. God, you take this by 10 points, you monster. Neither of us were particularly close, by the way. I said CLG minus 240. CLG minus 500. Oh, yeah. I dig take it. Take that Liquid hype. I love it. Team Liquid plus 335. There's no value here. Don't bet on this game. Don't do this to yourselves. It's, it's not worth it. Team Liquid needs to prove that they can keep a series competitive before you worry about anything like betting a handicap or whatnot. So let's keep going. Echo Fox versus FlyQuest. Keith versus Wild Turtle. Uh, one of these things is uh, is an upgrade for FlyQuest. One of these things is our biggest concern for Echo Fox. Is that what determines the game? Is that what keeps Echo Fox on the outside looking in here? Or do you think there's a way that they can try to attack FlyQuest from a different angle? I mean, the way they win is if Froggen and Acadian are better than Moon and High, which is totally possible, uh, and that Keith is not just a complete carcass. Like, there is a chance that Keith, like, he had a couple of games, a couple series where, like, he played a pretty good Ash. Like, he hit some arrows. That's all he needs to do. He needs to just not be a carcass. He needs mm -hmm. to accomplish something, and sometimes one arrow an entire game you know, a clutch arrow could seal a victory because you win a team fight. One arrow could stop a jungler from, 
uh, you know, smiting Baron, and Acadian hops in and steals the Baron, and then there's an Orianna shockwave from Froggen, and, like, the game completely turns on its head like that. Like, all it takes is one play from Keith. There's just one moment where he's actually a professional League of Legends player, and Echo Fox can win this. Um, unfortunately, it's a best of three series, which means that three of those moments have to happen in succession within a three-hour time frame, and, um... It's not week five yet, Echo Fox, and that's usually when you pull off some stupid upset over a team whose jersey I'm absolutely not wearing. So, I mean, yeah, is there a chance? Sure. Is Mashby going to play games two and three? Who knows? But yeah. uh, I, I don't have very high hope for Keith. I, I really don't. Yeah, I don't Sorry either. I and, um... You know, it's funny because when you look at his stats from last split, the champion on which he was by far the best was Jin. His Jin was actually pretty solid if you just look at raw numbers. 5.4 KDA, 54.9% kill participation, which sounds bad, but when you look at the other champions he played, it's not that bad. Uh, which I think, I guess, says more about him than anything else. He, you know, lost lane, but he didn't lose lane by as much as he lost lane on some other champions, like... I mean, this is this is the thing, right? With with Keith, you were always talking about a sliding scale. It's can he minimize just how bad the guy is? It's rather more like than... a slippery slope. I, I mean, yeah. It just it it seems like it, it gets exponentially worse the the worse the game starts for him. That's quite sad. That's yeah. That's not really what Echo Fox fans want to hear, but it's the state that you're in right now until you prove that Acadian and, and Froggen can do it on their own on a consistent basis. It would certainly help if Looper took a step forward the split. We'll see. Don't count on it. Where do you put the line? Um, uh, this is, this is, Walter is very tame on his NA box. I'm, I'm very, very closed off because, eh, who knows with the casinos, sometimes they do weird things like have H2K and Unicorns of Love dual favorites to win group B. Who knows? Uh, so I went FlyQuest minus 200. Okay, I got this one. That was a little bit too conservative, my friend. I said FlyQuest minus 320. It is FlyQuest minus 303, which I think is very fair. That puts Echo Fox at plus 220. I'm not... I'm not against that move. If you, for whatever reason, really believe that this is an Acadian breakout game, and you think that no, they could just stop, win that, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Yeah, it. no, you're I, silly. Yes, silly Billy. Wild Turtle's gonna have his his opening game back with his old friends, and he's gonna pop off, and that's just what's gonna happen. Yes, silly Billy. TSM versus Cloud Nine, the match of the week easily in North America. I think the rematch that we have been waiting for since that best of five certainly a very close series a series that went back and forth wasn't necessarily the prettiest series but it was an intense series between two long team rivals who really had put their all on the line walter if you were going to point to anything that i i, I guess cements this in your favor i i guess we know what it is how much does Double Lift's return just turn this series from this close back and forth to something where uh, TSM is probably feeling more confident? Double Lift is a playmaker, um, and he's a consistent playmaker, uh, time in and time out. And despite the fact that, yes, he does have moments where he walks up in the crowd and gets two-shotted by a Victor Q empowered auto attack, it happens. But it happens at a far lesser frequency than with Wild Turtle. Wild Turtle make plays too. Like, let's not forget, Wild Turtle can make plays too. I am just harken back to the frontline Ash against FlyQuest in game three of that series, where he just is by himself flashing into the team, point Blake arrow. They pop him, but then the rest of TSM pops everyone else. Like, it happens. But Double Lift is a playmaker also in lane. And to me, this is the true test of smoothie and sneaky of sure it's not double lift afromu at their peak but double lift and biofrost were really really good together 
they really understood each other and, and they had the same type of play style that Aphromoo and Doublelift did. And we just saw, you know, Biofrost really work on his laning mechanics because he had to stay in lane so much with Bio Turtle. So now with these sort of enhanced mechanics, with the fact that we are seeing some Thresh start to creep back into the meta, we are seeing some more melee support slowly start creeping back into the meta. This is a playmaking bot lane for TSM versus a bot lane that is very happy sitting back, sitting under tower, playing Caitlyn, farming it out, letting Smoothie go out and get vision for their young jungler in contracts, letting them him go into the enemy jungle and get vision there, letting him roam into the mid lane, letting them do all these other things. I, This is a battle of can TSM force Smoothie to stay in lane to keep Sneaky from dying um, or, or to keep Sneaky farmed up, or... Do we see Biofrost leave Doublelift on his own, let them ha let Sneaky and Doublelift duke it out in this sort of 1v1 matchup, and now it's more about the, the macro rotational play of the support jungle synergy, which, as poor as Svenskeren looked in the spring, I do have some hope that maybe changing back to the superior lane-dominant style that Doublelift and Bjergsen and Haunters can bring as a group maybe that opens some things up for TSM. Because like I said on the preview episode, TSM in the spring versus the summer in Worlds are two entirely different teams. Spring TSM is very sitting back, is very much letting the waves come to them, is a lot of under tower, where the summer TSM was, we are pushing forward, we are going after the, uh, the enemies underneath their tower, we are constantly in this state of, we are trying to control, we are trying to deny CS, we are trying to do all of these things. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to see how this change in play style may force Cloud9 off of their game because the summer TSM was a very good early game dominant team. And I think we're going to see that come back. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of fans who are listening to this and probably thinking to themselves like, oh, well, it's not like Wild Turtle was losing lane, right? Like how much of a difference does this really make? So let's remember the double lift was on a, a very poor liquid team last split and Wild Turtle was playing on the best team in the league. Double lift, 9.8 CS differential at 10 minutes on average. Uh, Wild Turtle, 0.4. Wild Turtle was uh, ninth in that, eighth, eighth in that regard, excuse me. Um, that's a big leap. That's a massive leap. And, you know, what does that do? Well, it opens up the bottom half of the map in, in a very different way. It allows Svenskeren to focus on dragons, which, if you look at TSM, when are they at their best? Well, they're fighting around neutral objectives like Dragon or Baron. So having that there just means that they can accelerate getting to the point at which TSM looks at their best. And that's why it feels like they've got so much more energy behind it. Like it has that second tier of aggression. It's not that things have changed. It's just that they can get to the point where they want to be sooner in the game because the pieces that set up that plan are established earlier on. And Cloud9 have certainly shown that they can stop that plan. Uh, you know, this is a team that even when TSM, you know, won the summer split last split, it's not like Cloud9 were blown out of the water. Cloud9 still escaped the group stage at the World Championship. They were still a solid team. Uh, you know, they're they're far from lightweights. And I, I think that if TSM treated them like lightweights, there might be a conversation about Cloud9 sneaking one here. But it's very hard for me to believe that Doublelift's return, you know, this, this re-coronation ceremony that this feels like, this idea of, of TSM saying, like, hey, uh, I know that we didn't look great at MSI, but we're still the best in North America, and let us show you why. It, it's just so hard for me to believe that they're not going to bring their A game here. And Cloud9 is very good, but they weren't good enough to beat TSM last split, and TSM should be significantly better with double lift in the roster. So... Where do you put the line, Walter? I, I want to point out in the last season, the double lift was with the team. Cloud9 only won two games against TSM across the regular season and across the playoffs. Two yeah. games. Four and one, uh, one and four in the regular season, and it was a 3 1 series in the final in favor of TSM. Yep. Um, that again is that early game mindset, which I think TSM is going to go back to. And Cloud9 I, did not look good in the early game. It's not like Cloud9 looked better in the early game in the, in the spring than they did the previous summer. Like, no, they didn't. 
Like, contracts right. helped a little, but at the end of the day, they were a very poor early game team. I think that is the difference. I think double lift is a massive difference. Um, but it is a rivalry game. It is TSM and double lift's first game this season. So I have TSM at minus 130. Ah, you get this by six points. I said TSM minus 150. I, I thought they were going to get more of a boost from having won the championship. It was minus 137, which is exactly where it should be for the record. Um, Cloud9 at plus 105. I know Cloud9 fans right now have to be screaming at their computers like, oh my God, I can't believe you're ruling us out. No, I'm, I, I, I'm not ruling you guys out. You're still very good. It's just that. So there's there's one of two ways the series go. It's TS, and, and this is not the TSM homer in me. This is the, let me think about this logically. It either goes three games and it goes mm -hmm. to three maps, and I'm very tempted to do that, or TSM brings double lift back. They immediately are clicking on all all cylinders, and this is a 2-0 sweep in TSM. I don't think Cloud9 2-0s TSM. No. So I think you take that one off the board. I think a TSM 2-0 is likely, but I think a three map is you know just about as likely. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And if for people who are wondering what does that three map look like, well, that would be uh, minus 105 for three maps. That's what Unicorn is expecting. That's not enough value for me. I don't like betting three maps if it's not a plus odd, but... Yeah. I mean, I, that's the casino saying, like, look, this is going to be a close series. I, I certainly believe it's going to be a close series. I'm more inclined to believe Cloud9 is going to take a map. I just, game three, double lifts first series back with TSM. I, there's, plus, there's... plus 105 isn't enough value for, for me to feel confident picking Cloud9. Exactly. It's, it's just a series. It's a game that TSM has won far too many times for me to feel confident picking against them in that spot. Moving on, last game on Saturday, Dignitas versus Envious. This is going to be a, a very interesting series. Dignitas have two players that they're going to be rotating in and out. Uh, we did not know when we recorded our Dignitas preview that Shrimp was going to be rotating in and out with Chaser. That's something that they've announced they're going to be sharing time. To what extent, we don't know. Obviously, Dignitas are not going to broadcast that to the rest of the teams in the league. Um, and also, Big and X-Special are going to be rotating in and out. So it's not that Big has become the starter. It's that Big and X-Special will be sharing time, which I think makes me feel a little bit better about that than I did in that episode. Uh, and meanwhile, we have Envious, who are also theoretically splitting time with Niski and Pyrian. You know, to what extent, not it's still unclear. I, I Look, I, I don't know how much either of these teams are going to be splitting time with all these positions. You and I have talked in the past about how splitting time can backfire. And, and certainly, I mean, health, look back on G2 and how Kick has handled that whole sharing time thing. Like, it's it's hard to do uh, from a lot of different angles. So what are you looking for here, Walter, with so many potential moving pieces where we don't know what strategies these teams are necessarily going to be putting forward in game one, game two, or how willing they're going to be to interact. What do you want to see? Uh, I just want to see the continued synergy out of uh, out of Dignitas's you know upper half of the map, out of Chaser, out of Someday, and out of Keen. I thought towards the end of the split they really kind of got the map, the the strategy down, and I thought that uh, Keen and Lod, the AD carry, improved over the last half of the split when Dignitas did make their run to make the playoffs after being tied for tenth. Yeah, they weren't, you know, spring champions like I thought they might possibly be, and I definitely sort of jumped the shark on that one. Um, but they, they improved. They realized that someday is not their only win condition, and that's what I want to see is I want to see this continued sort of um, better version of Envious out of Dignitas. And Envious, it's, it's the same thing. It's how well does Pyrian and Lyra and, uh, and, and Seraph look together because this cannot just be the... Lyra carries every single game strategy. That did not work for them last split. That mm -hmm. Lyra's a, an amazing jungler. I will give him that. And I've joked that I want to see him on Dignitas and make that team more dangerous. But he cannot solo carry this team to series win after series win after series win. The other players need to step up. Haku and Apollo, I think, played above their station. So this really comes down to Seraph and the mid laners. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that true secondary carry threat behind Lyra and I don't think it's Seraph he's proven time and time again that just consistently he's not that guy he could pull you know an occasional trundle split push game or an occasional really good rumble game out of his you know where every once in a while but I need someone that game in and game out can put up almost the same amount of threat 
as Lyra, so they can't just focus on him. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I, I don't have much to say about this. I think Dignitas is a better version uh, of Envious. Um, but I have Dignitas at minus 150. Okay. Dignitas minus 150. I said Dignitas minus 200. I get the point. We are both wildly off, according to Unicorn, because they have Dignitas minus 500. That seems absurd. That seems that seems high to me. Unicorn. That's, that's a little... Like what's en- what's envy at then? Envious gets plus three fifty thirty five. Excuse me. Three thirty five is not a bad line for a what isn't nearly as big of a long shot as they're implying there. I mean, all you need is for Pyrian to be good and Lyra what's, to synergize well with them. What's them to win one map? What's envious at plus one and a half? Envious at plus one and a half is minus one hundred five. I like that a lot. That's to be not fair. bad. That's not bad. That that seems like a like an almost surefire thing. Just because, in general, we didn't see we didn't see Dignitas get a lot of two O's last split. It's not really their style. They're they're not so dominant over most teams that they just yeah. put people away. Yeah. I, I think we're gonna have to come back to that one. I I have a lot of feelings about that line. This is true. Let's. Uh, we're gonna go through the next few lines a little bit faster, just because we've talked about all these teams already. Uh, Immortals versus TSM. Uh, one of these teams is the best team in North America that just added their AD carry. Uh, that you know was basically a guaranteed Hall of Famer whenever that ends up existing. Uh, the other team is the team I root for, so therefore absolutely doomed. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Um. Let's see as I fix things on my end. There we go. Uh, I have TSM at minus 180. I'm way too low. Uh, yeah, you are absolutely way too low. Uh, absurdly too low. I said TSM minus 320. I was way too low. The actual line is TSM minus 667. Holy cow. I I mean, on the one hand, that's kind of brutal to say that a team that almost made the playoffs last split is that far behind nah, TSM. Nah, On the other hand, no, nah, it's totally fine. I, I wouldn't that's, take... That's, I get it. Would you take Immortals at plus 400? Because I wouldn't. Not a chance in hell. I, I'm an Immortals fan, and I wouldn't take it at plus 100, uh, 400, so... Fans should never bet on their team to win a, a series that they want to. You're not wrong. Envious versus Phoenix won. This... Is this the most one-sided series of the weekend? No. No? CLG versus Team Liquid? It's fair. Okay. I think Envious might... Like, Envious is... I think Envious has an argument for maybe they can sneak into the playoffs if things go right. If Period has really improved as much as some people think he has. But, I like, they are technically an argument that they could sneak into the playoffs. I don't think Liquid is anywhere remotely close to that. And I put the difference between CLG and Phoenix one of, you know, they're close. You know, time will tell with the Dardock change, but I think they're kind of close to each other. So, no, this isn't the most one-sided series. I, do, I think Phoenix one are going to win because I think that Pyrian slash Niske are going to take some time to adjust and get used to playing with Lyra and, and you know, grow as players because they're both very young and have very limited professional experience but i no, this isn't the most one-sided series of the entire split of the entire week well let's see if unicorn agrees with you where do you think the line is uh, again i i went safe because it's the first week and i really don't know how unicorn's gonna score some of these changes so i said phoenix won at minus 180 and i'm too low uh you are so far low that you can't even see the actual line from where you stand and to be fair i added at minus 400 and i can barely see it because Unicorn does think this is the most lopsided series of the week. Unicorn has Phoenix 1, and I, I swear to God this is true, minus 1,000. That is Envious at plus 550. You can get Envious plus 1.5 at plus 140. That's amazing. Like, what that's are, definitely what are likely. Like, that's de- there's a chance of that happening. Like, yeah. I think they, I think they can win a game. Lyra is a better jungler than Inori. Yeah, 
What? What? Are, is it so far? I mean, when you look at the way Envious battled in the second half of the split, they were taking maps off people. They yeah. weren't winning the series, yeah. but they were taking maps. They they had their moments. They know how to fight. They knew how to fight in the mid to late game if they bought Seraph enough time to remember how to shot call. I I think that line is is absurdly high. Yeah. That's, and I'm I'm glad that you agree because that's I thought I was absolutely bonkers losing my mind staring it's week at it. one no one should be at plus a thousand plus six sixty seven uh, with TSM over Immortals I think is even egregious like yeah. no one should be that high unless it's SKT versus Bangkok Titans on the ver- on no context against each other like that's that's putting way too much value into what happened in the spring that's all that is. Yeah, I, I, I think it's certainly dismissive of the effect that Niski and Pyrian can have. And I think both of those players are safely better than Ninja was. So yeah. I, I certainly I'm with you on that one. Uh, curious to see what uh, what, you know, happens to those lines moving forward. Yep. Uh, let, let's do Team Liquid versus Echo Fox next because I want to close on on the final series. Is there anything you're looking forward to in this series? Watching the Team Liquid versus Echo Fox. What are you excited about? How early is the first Clown Fiesta tweet? <laughs> what, I, what? Where would you put the over under? Like ten minutes, eight minutes, seven, I, seven minutes. Five, like seven and a half minutes feels like okay. Over under seven and a half minutes. Yeah, somebody. I think I like, take the under. <laughs> It, it, that feels like somebody rushes uh, an early dragon that they absolutely don't need and then costs themselves the lane, but it's okay because then they do this delayed lane swap thing that shouldn't work but totally does because the other team doesn't know what's happening. Yep. The, the, the sad part is that everyone who just heard that sounds like, yeah, I could see that happening. That was, that was absolutely absurd. But yeah, it's totally in the realm of possibilities yeah, exactly. with this team. Unicorn, if you're listening to this, please... Make that something we can bet on. I would. That would be my favorite prop bet. How early the is the earliest Clown Fiesta tweet from the yeah. list of top 100 League of Legends accounts? How long does it take for someone Fair to accounts. post that quick shot Deficio picture of the Clown Fiesta after Origin versus Rocket? How long? That's all I want to know. It's, no, uh, it's got to be the Hearthstone card that says Clown Fiesta. That's oh, got to yes. be. It, that's got to be. When does that first appear in the tweets? And, and uh, you and I aren't allowed to be the one to tweet it. Yeah, that's true. We we would absolutely ruin this bet. Like the. Because I would do it. At, I would do it at one second. Just be like, ah, ha, 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 I'm an idiot. Oh man, I would I would do it one second before it hits the over, that just is, to uh, just to infuriate people who are this close. So so that is not legal, people. Don't do that. That's like insider <laughs> yeah. trading, essentially. Don't actually do that. That's yeah, don't idea. rig a prop bet that'll never exist, guys. <laughs> Come on now. Be reasonable here. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Team Liquid minus one thirty-five. Okay, I get the week. You see, you took my crown in EU, but I take it in NA, which I I I am all in on this. I said Team Liquid minus one sixty. Team Liquid minus three hundred three. You could get Echo Fox at plus two twenty. That seems like I mean I'm not. You know, call me crazy, but I just get this sense like maybe Team Liquid isn't so good that they should be minus 303 against anybody when they were just in the relegation tournament and changed nothing. In fact, they went back to the version that was worse than they were in the relegation tournament. Minus 303. I have so many words that I actually can't say on the air (laughs) about our sponsor. Uh, I, you know, this is the great part about week one, all that free value, you know, just, um, I just want you to know, Unicorn, I appreciate it because you gave me the chance to tie up our score after week one. So momentum back on my side. Let's, let's close this out. FlyQuest versus Dignitas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We both have read Bill Barnwell. We know there's no such thing as momentum in sports or fake gambling line guessing. Yeah. You know, you're not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> FlyQuest versus Dignitas. I'm intrigued by this series. I'm so tilted. <laughs> I can't even think anymore. <laughs> I'm so bloody tilted. See, this is I can't even things. analyze this series. This is going to be a good series. It's going to be interesting. Um... Yeah, just behind the curtain, this is not acting. 
he does not he did not know this line. I forgot this line until I went to reopen our notes for today. Woo, buddy. Oh man. Um, uh, what, what do we like about FlyQuest Dignitas? Let's let's give that game the credit it deserves because there are two fan bases who could not care less about the worst line that we've seen in an yeah. episode in a while. I mean, what are we? What are we? What are you looking forward to most? Because I think there are a lot of different angles that are exciting about this series. I, again, it's it's the, like the top three. It's the the upper half of the map. I think for both teams are what's really interesting of how they're going to play against each other. I think Wild Turtle Lemonation is a weird kind of like alternative universe bot lane that Cloud9 might have had, and everyone's kind of like, ooh, how might this have turned out? Sort of if like um. Sort of like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan had played against each other their entire careers. Like, what would have happened? Who would have been, be- like, you know, type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's going to come down to the, the top three of the map. It's going to come down to whether High's legendary shot-calling prowess is uh, is something that, you know, is going to keep on keeping on. Or if the more talented team wins. Because I think Dignitas' solo laners are more talented than High and Ball's. Moon yes. versus Chaser probably goes in Moon's favor just because Moon is so much better in the early game. But if this gets to 35 minutes, like, I'd take Chaser on any objective fight over Moon. I trust Chaser to hit a clutch Baron steal or, you know, keep Baron away from uh, FlyQuest no matter which way it is more than I trust Moon. I trust his positioning a little bit more. You know, I, I think Dignitas is, much, is very much a team that knows they can do some things in the early game, but really know their time to shine is sort of that 25 to 40, ha, 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 20 to 40 Weldon meme, ha, ha, ha. And, like, FlyQuest is like that too, but their players are less talented, so there's less of a chance that they're going to make plays. And there is always this specter of, well, we put someday on, like, Camille, and he just split pushes, and it's Walter's wet dream of watching someday just beat high because he out-mind-gamed him and totally just split-pushed into death. Like, I, 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 there's a moment in the, in the, uh, total tangent, there's a moment in the University of Toronto versus Maryville series where Maryville's top laner is pushing bottom lane and, um, and, and the rest of his team is starting Baron and University of Toronto start moving there except one person. It's either their mid laner or their top laner. And in vision, he starts to tell, the Maryville top laner starts to teleport so the, the University of Toronto dude just starts booking it. Just He's like already in mid lane, and at the last possible second, Maryville's top laner, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, cancels his TP and gets an inhibitor and chunks like three quarters of the Nexus Tower while the, Mar- the rest of the Maryville players all run away from it. And it's like the most brilliant play ever. It's the most Darian, Gambit Darian thing on the planet. And I'm like, I wonder if Someday is watching this. I wonder if we're going to see Someday pull this trick. I wonder if someday is watching University League of Legends, looking at some random Masters player playing for Maryville and going, that's a good trick. I'm going to try that. And I really hope he does it and it beats high. That would be amazing. I would love to see that. Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see that trickeration from them for sure. I think that something that you brought up, you know, why we think Moon would be better than Chaser because of the early game. You know whose early game was actually surprisingly solid when you look back over the 2016 numbers. Shrimp. Shrimp's early game was not bad. Um, the guy had positive numbers in gold differential, CS differential, uh, you know, and see, back when CS differential mattered because the Krugs didn't just multiply it, went in on themselves yes. to an absurd degree. Um, he had an early game presence. Was he the biggest early game presence in the league? No, but he had an early game presence, and that early game presence was one of the reasons that Apex won the games that they did because they were able to take some of those early leads and then move that gold around the map. Shrimp might be a better tool for this particular matchup. Doesn't make him the better jungler, but he might be the better individual matchup here. At the very least, I want to see Dignitas try it. If you're going to have these guys split time, if you're really going to say that we believe that both of these players could figure it out, week one is when you want to make these experiments, right? You don't want to do it in week six or week seven when every single matchup could be the thing that costs you your chance at the playoffs. Do it now when you can readjust your expectations accordingly. The only way they play Shrimp is if somehow everyone's figured out that Evelyn is a good jungler again, which she's not. 
but they're afraid that Boone's going to play it, so they're going to put in the other Evelyn main on the North American ladder and be like, who's going to play Evelyn? And then neither team is going to play Evelyn. It's going to be Graves versus, like, Lee Sin, and it won't matter. But, yeah. like, that's the only... Like, Shrek is an okay jungler, but I just think Chaser adds... It's more. It's more experience. It's a better player in that like mid to late game, and I yeah. don't think Dignitas cares about the early game outside of just power pushing. I think that was what they figured out. We'll just pressure towers, and that's what opens up someday. Because if they don't send you know the jungler bottom, we're just gonna take a tower because we put three people bot lane, uh, you know, to just to just do it. So I don't think we see shrimp in I mean, this series. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I guess where I'm coming from is the idea that if Dignitas didn't see something in the guy, they wouldn't have included that they plan on splitting time this with him true. in their press release. They didn't have to say that, right? They have other substitutes that they didn't mention this kind of thing. So clearly, they're seeing something that we haven't seen. And if they do believe that he could be that guy, this would be a series where maybe you'd feel comfortable bringing that out. If Dignitas wins game one, for instance, why wouldn't you give it a shot? Oh yeah, I mean, like it, yeah. There's scenarios where I see it, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I'd rather get I, like you really need the win against FlyQuest because FlyQuest and you, and maybe Immortals, like you guys are all gonna be battling for these like you know fourth, you know, four through six, five through seven type spots. Like don't risk it. Beat the team early. Get the head-to-head victory under your belt that puts pressure on them the second time you play FlyQuest then like has to win that series if you beat them in week one so i i get the experimenting if you're ahead but it also there's something to be said just like just lock down the victory move on which i'm saying like dignitas all oh, lock down the victory but i think this is a close series it could go either way yeah where do you think the series ultimately ends up walter that being said, um, I'm gonna assume the casinos have a uh, have a an unrequited love for high in the boys. I said FlyQuest minus one eighty. Neither one of us are gonna get a point because I said FlyQuest minus one thirty, and it's Dignitas minus one sixty seven. Because we're ignoring the fact that FlyQuest made it to third place in the playoffs. I guess. I'm. I don't know, man. What's I have the several fly questions. Quest odds? Plus 125. God damn it. Yeah, we have to take that, right? We can't not take that. Why do you gotta do this to me, Unicorn? <laughs> I know, right? I just want the team that I think is kind of good to be the underdog in one of these kind of series so I can make money off of you. Why are you so smart? Look, look we could already make money, though, because, look, we can take... I, I think we should take Envious at plus one and a half maps and minus one and five. Just straight oh, up. Oh, yeah, right? against Dignitas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 is, that is absurd value. Yeah. I um, think the Phoenix won 2-0 over, uh, over Immortals at plus 100. I kind of like that. Uh, yeah, the 2-0 for Phoenix won. I'm absolutely on okay. that. I, I think that's pretty, like, 70% chance that happens. I, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, so then I say the third we should take Echo Fox plus 220 over Team Liquid. Oh, absolutely. It's absurd value. Absolutely. Is, is there absolutely. any other one that we, we see? Because I'm willing to go to four. There, there were a few kind of out there lines if you see one. Um, I like, take, do we want to just take, take Envious plus one and a half at plus 140? Yeah, I actually I'm, like that a lot. I'm gonna get. There's a lot of odds in here that I'm like, yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna gamble on this, and and this is one that if we were gonna pick the smart money, I would definitely be gambling on that one. Yeah, let's put all four of them as their smart money bets. That yeah. that means we like Envious plus one and a half maps against both of their opponents. Against Dig, that's minus one hundred five. Against P1, that's plus one forty. We like Phoenix one minus one and a half maps at even odds over Immortals. Uh, and we like Echo Fox plus two twenty over Team Liquid. That's a flyer I'll take every day. So we will come back and we will... Uh, and also, we'll s- also, put five bucks on Envious to beat Dignitas. Just put five bucks okay. on it. Just, Interesting. That's a, that's a, I can see Envious winning that series. That's, at, that's at your Walter three, Seal of Approval for at, the at, day? At plus three, thir- no, my Walter Seal of Approval is the Envious plus one and a half against Phoenix One. That's my <laughs> Seal of Approval. Winning one game against Phoenix One if Inori kind of tilts off the face of the earth. And you have the best juggler in North America, absolutely Seal of Approval. But, like, that's amazing odds for something that could happen 35 to 40% of the time. Yeah. 
I'm pretty good odds. I understand so. where you're coming from. I'll we'll stick to the four that we have, but that's that's a tentative fifth if you're looking for it. Yeah. Let's talk outrights real quick. Let's talk outrights real quick. Where do you think the line for Team Liquid to win? I'm mean, sorry, not Team Liquid. C TSM to win the split are outright. G2 is at plus 100. Yeah, G2 is even. TSM at plus 160. Plus 180. Okay. You're not that far off. Okay. Obviously, okay. Cloud9's second. Okay. They're plus 250. Okay. Who do you think's third? CLG. It is CLG. It is C which I was not expecting, but it is CLG. What's the odd? Take take a guess, buddy. So so uh, Cloud9 was plus what? Plus Two. plus 250. CLG. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this hint plus. for a range. Phoenix 1 is fourth at plus 650. So it's between 250 and 650. CLG plus 300. Plus 375. That's, I am, uh, I, I like that. That's uh, a stamp, 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 stamp. If Dardock's a good fit on this team, and someone pointed out, I, I don't know how much I believe in this idea, but someone has pointed out that Stixa and, and Dardock are apparently best friends. I are. Apparently. And if that is, that is the case, first of all, that could backfire her. Let's not forget, uh, Stixa and Adrian were also really good friends. And right. I, I could not imagine what you're implying with that, Walter. But yeah, it's I mean, dank. That's all I can say, baby. It's, it's the dankest meme. Uh, speaking of the dankest meme, FlyQuest is fifth at plus twelve hundred. Okay, what's uh, uh, what's the what's the dignitas line? Plus fourteen hundred. Uh, okay. That's, that's, what's, yeah. What's liquid? Liquid is plus twenty five hundred. Wow, it's better than Mysterious Monkeys and Rocket. Oh, significantly so. Wow. In fact, it's better than two other teams in here. They're tied with Immortals, who are also plus 2,500. Echo Fox, plus 4,000. Envious, plus 8,000. Do they have an outright for who wins the regular season? Or is this just outright uh, they, who wins? This is period? outright winner. They do not have okay. ones for just the regular oh, season. Oh, that's unfortunate, because I had that last year. I, have I know. To, I have to message someone at Unicorn and be like, yo, dudes, I need two chances to win with TSM. Um, yeah. give, me, give, me, give me playoff odds. I don't want all of them. I want... I want... Dig, I want Dignitas's is probably minus. Minus 200. Oh, okay. I want Envious. Plus 800. That's value right there. I like that. Just to get to the, again, another just re-emphasizing the uh, absurdity of, of this liquid kind of re-emphasis in the unicorn model. They're at plus 135, which is tied with Immortals. I'm... I'm trying to imagine what. Wait, numbers... I'm sorry. I'm doing. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. It's this. It's the frog in pose. Yeah. I. Uh... <laughs> Dude, why? I. I Stop don't encouraging I... Steve Aronset, please, for the love of freaking God! Stop I... encouraging this madman. I... Oh my God! Like they know double lift isn't still on liquid, right? Are no, we their sure algorithm doesn't know that. But they adjusted for envious. Uh, they adjusted for everything else. Oh my god. Even let's say they didn't adjust for double lift. Let's say they thought double lift was still in their system. That still was a team that went to relegation compared to Echo Fox. Oh, Echo Fox is plus five hundred. There's a massive gap. Yeah, go ahead and put money on envious. Like it's. It's it's way better odds than Echo Fox or, or Team Liquid making it, and like Immortals and Dignitas and FlyQuest, I think like two of them could fall apart, and you could have Envious just kind of lurking. So, so the outright value bets we like Envious plus eight hundred to make the playoffs, and we like CLG at plus three seventy five to win the split. Yeah, and of course you're gonna gamble on TSM to win it all anyways because it's TSM. 
Yeah, I mean, look, these are the value bets. We're not saying this is the bet that we... But the TSM bet has value, too. Yeah, that's plus true. Plus 160, TSM, that still has value. Plus like, 180. Plus 180. Plus like, 180. You, could, you could gamble all, all, all three of the top three, and, like, yeah, sure, two are going to miss, but, like, you know, if, if either Cloud9 or CLG hit, you make all your money back. Yeah. So... And if you hit... If TSM hits, you still... You're only 20 down. You're yeah. only 20 bucks down, so... That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do all three of those because... Look, shout out to you. Hedge and value, baby. I'm, I'm sure there's some way to calculate it so that you break even no matter what in your worst case yeah, scenario. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you put 85 on TSM or something. Like, we'll uh, we'll save that for the math podcast of breaking down the advanced yeah. fractions and everything involved. But for now, we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, this has been... The week one guest alliance podcast hopefully you guys enjoyed it if you did let us know down in that comment section either on soundcloud youtube itunes wherever it is you're watching this stuff uh feel free to keep that conversation going we love talking to you guys about any of the things that we said today you can find me at redshirt king walter where can the nice people at home find you uh yeah you can find me in all of my tsm fanboy glory and cloud nine hating glory and <laughs> steve aaron said is an idiot glory at c80s underscore lol yeah, I'm. Man, I Hearthstone solo queue politics, life. I I don't think anything has ever tilted me as hard as that goddamn Team Liquid Echo Fox line. That's well. That's egregious. I mean, it, it's certainly going to go in our Hall of Fame of, of greatest reactions to a line that we've seen from you. It didn't quite break a lamp, but. It I can break play. a lamp real quick if you want me to break a lamp. <laughs> Tune in next week to see what lamp Welter breaks. But uh, also be sure to check out our predictions episode that just came out alongside this one. If you want to see us put our money where our mouth is when it comes to who we think is ultimately going to take it all. I think you're going to be surprised to see who Walter has in the number one spot. So be sure to check that out. It's and not Dignitas. <laughs> Goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts Podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. SoundCloud.com, backslash Esports Rough Drafts. YouTube.com, backslash Rough Drafts Podcast. As well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at Patreon.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.